0: Netcasts you love
1: From people you trust
0: This is TWIT Bandwidth for the Social Hour is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com
1: This is the Social Hour episode 6 with Sarah Lane and guest host Tom Merritt recorded Monday May 2nd This episode of The Social Hour is brought to you by Carbonite. Backing up the files on your PC or Mac is safe and easy with Carbonite. For a free trial plus two free months with purchase, go to Carbonite.com, offer code SOCIALHOUR. And by Netflix. Watch thousands of TV episodes and movies streamed to your PC, Mac, or TV instantly. Plus get DVDs by mail in about one business day. For your free 30-day trial, go to netflix.com slash twit. Welcome to episode six of the Social Hour in Petaluma, California. I'm Sarah Lane.
0: In San Rafael, California, I'm Tom Merritt.
1: Where in the world is San Rafael, Tom?
0: Well, it's about 20 minutes south of Petaluma. Yeah? Yeah. I only drove down here so I'd be able to say a different town when we introduced ourselves.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad, Tom. (laughs) Uh, It's funny. Uh, I'm still getting used to running the board, so... When you're sitting in Leo's seat or Jason's seat, if you're watching TNT, you've got a clear view of this door into the kitchen. And whenever the door opens, you know, it's like the door is opening. Is that thing
0: spooking you again?
1: Well, actually, this time it was actually a person trying oh. to tell me something. And it's like, I don't know. I'm wearing headphones. All I can hear is Tom. But yeah, anyway. I, know.
0: I like it when people come up and just start talking to you when you have the headphones on and you're like, I can't hear a word you're saying. <laughs>
1: it's really funny. It's like whenever I play Leo, I realize how hard it is to play Leo. <laughs> um, and I appreciate him more every day, so uh, thanks so much for filling in for Amber on the social hour this week for anyone who's wondering what is going on uh, Amber is ill; she has come down with a work too hard type of a flu because she she works really hard she's always flying here or there, and so she's stuck. In Atlanta or Salt Lake City or I can't even keep track anymore. But Tom graciously graciously agreed to fill in. and I
0: feel so bad for her. She's, she's traveling and sick. That's the worst.
1: I know. Well, you know, this all started because Amber and her family went down to Florida where they've got a, a summer house or something really nice just to get a little R&R. And she was working. Uh, She did the show last week from a cafe where the Wi Fi was bad, and we were doing the show. And it's like, oh man, I wouldn't want to do that when I was on vacation. But she's a real trooper, so uh, we hope she gets better soon. In the meantime, there's a lot of social network stuff to talk about, Tom, because as you may recall, last night, Twitter uh, made some records. In fact, uh, the Bin Laden news generated the highest amount of sustained tweets ever. So there was actually a point, I think it was uh, New Year's Eve, um, uh, when New Year's Eve hit in Japan, which was actually the biggest barrage of tweets at a single point ever. But this was the biggest amount of sustained tweets. So at 11 p.m. Eastern, just before Obama spoke, users generated uh, a little over 5,100 tweets per second Highest single volume of tweets during the night, 11.45 p.m., that was post-speech. Twitter users were sending just over 5,000 tweets per second, so still really high. Uh, Twitter said in an official announcement last night, we saw the highest sustained rate of tweets ever from 10.45 to 2.20 a.m. Eastern. There was an average of 3,000 tweets per second. That equates to 27,900,000 tweets in just over two and a half hours. Pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, this is uh, not, you'll you'll see some stories out there that are like uh, not not the most tweets ever, you know. And you're and you may be wondering, well, wait a minute, you're telling me it's the most tweets ever? It's the most sustained tweets. Yeah. So it's it, other as, as as Sarah just pointed out, other points in time have had more tweets spike at a particular point, but this was just people were sitting down and watching Twitter. I was watching Twitter uh, to get news and then talking to each other and uh, and retweeting and 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 it really you know people were riveted uh to to the coverage and what was going on
1: yeah they absolutely were uh it's it was it was amazing it was amazing we talked about this a little bit on tech news today obviously because uh the bin laden news itself um, as it relates to the way that we all absorbed it and and passed it along was was obviously big tech news um but it was it was very interesting for me to learn of uh this impending speech by the United States president over Twitter there was a, a time of speculation and some jokes before some of the news outlets started to they decided it's time to leak uh what what they believed was true that that bin laden had been killed and that's what the news was going to be about and, um, you know, I know Darren Kitchen told the story. He was at dinner. <laughs> it's funny. He, when he told the story on TNT, for anybody who didn't see today's show, he was like, yeah, I was at dinner. And, of course, nobody was on Twitter because you're not supposed to read Twitter at dinner. And I thought I should hang out with Darren and his friends more often because my friends read Twitter during dinner, and it's totally cool.
0: Oh, um, man. When I, when I go to <laughs> dinner, my, me and Eileen are like this. We're just like head in the phone. Like, oh, oh this is funny. Check this out. Okay you know it's just and a lot of people look at us like those crazy awful people they are they're so sad uh but we actually share stuff with each other it's it's no different than somebody sitting at the table reading the newspaper you know at at brunch or something
1: yeah it's totally true um it was in a way it was exciting uh these sorts of events tend to i mean everyone who's Who's on Twitter, who's in the know, you know, it, it's kind of it, it does generate some sort of buzz and, and excitement. And I don't want to say excitement like, you know, positive excitement. You know, I don't want to make it seem like everyone was like, this is the greatest thing ever, because obviously although some
0: people were. <laughs>
1: yeah. some people were. I mean, I, I would say I just don't want to. Um, I think that there were many mixed emotions based on the event itself. And a lot of people um hmm decided to handle the news in the way that they decided to handle it. There was partying in the streets. There was quiet reflectiveness. So, you know, n- nobody's right or wrong. I think that there was just just a wide range of emotions. But there certainly was a lot of volume of tweets. Um, there's actually, Tom, I don't know if you were aware that Twitter has been working on a feature that Facebook actually does pretty well where uh, in in your Facebook news feed right now, um, if you get a lot of people who send uh, their Twitter stream to their Facebook page or Facebook mm-hmm. profiles, and you get a bunch of them at one time, Facebook will collapse those, give you a tweet, and then you have the option to, you can click on like, um, you know, see 40 more stories like this, which were all other Twitter generated um, Facebook messages. Twitter's actually working on the same thing, and Amber and I keep waiting to talk about the story. Because uh, some folks say that they've been um, they've been able to use this. Here's the, actually an article from The Next Web that talks a little bit about it. And you can see anybody who's watching the video stream here. It's uh, if you were following The Next Web and they're, they're tweeting very frequently and, and maybe they're over tweeting. And it turns into the kind of account where you're like, oh, gosh, I really like what this person has to say, what this company has to say. But they sure tweet a lot. Uh, the whole collapsing multiple tweets at once will sort of help that barrage and help keep your stream cleaned up. That was something that last night, as some of the tweets came in, um, especially because I felt that there were some less than tasteful jokes going on and, and people were kind of getting on a roll about it, I would have maybe appreciated a feature like this. What do you th- I, you're, you're not able to see this in your tweet stream, are you, Tom?
0: I have never seen this little show all thing, but to me, this is not what I want first. No. Uh, This looks like some kind of algorithmic thing where like, oh, the next web, you know, posts five things in a row. And so I'm going to collapse them so you don't see them cluttering. That's not what I want. What I want is a mute button. I want to to say, oh, you know, uh, so-and-so is at a conference. I'm not interested in that conference, but I'm normally interested in what this person says. So I want to hide them temporarily while they're at the conference, and then bring them back later on, You know, be able to just kind of go and unmute them. And so when I first saw this article, I thought, oh, cool, we're finally going to get that. And they're just calling it hide. So I can hide somebody for a while and then bring them back. But what this does is this takes over my timeline and and takes control away from me of how it works. It says, we're not going to show you everything you subscribe to if we think there are too many of them. You're going to have to click a second button to show all. Well, what, what if that's not what I want? What if I'm doing a news list and I only have like two or three sources and I want to see all of those posts at the same time? And I, I don't know that I like this idea.
1: Well, it's interesting that some people have been able to test it out. Twitter's clearly not ready uh, to roll it out completely because if they were, we'd be seeing it. I've never seen this feature. I don't know who's getting it versus who isn't. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's a small, it's just, it's a test group. And some folks have been saying that they've had this capability since January. So I don't know if they're adding people or what the deal is, but I would assume that you would be able to toggle this on and off. But then again, uh, at one point, remember when everyone, uh, got all up in arms about how you would, um, when people, when at replies started to get too confusing, when too many people started using Twitter, they, they hid at replies by default for anybody that both of us, you know, if, if I at replied to somebody that you weren't following, you wouldn't see that unless you went to my yeah. profile. And everybody got upset about that because it's like, you're taking the control away from us. We don't, We didn't ask for this. Now, I can't imagine going back to that world. It would be a very noisy world indeed. So.
0: But but then you, what happened is you get all these people doing a dot before they reply. And I was one of the people who had chosen the selected button that's like, don't show me replies to people I don't follow. And all of a sudden, now I'm getting my timeline cluttered up by all these people putting a dot before the ad and just messing with it. Just leave people in control of what they can do with their account. And so I, I, I hope you're right. I hope if they do roll this out, there's ability for me to go into my settings and say, use the hide factor or not, or maybe even by account. If there's an account that I know is victim to this a lot, you know, I'll go in and say, okay, take this person and, and hide them when possible, but don't hide this news organization because I want to see all their stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. So when we were on uh, when we were on TNT earlier, it's funny. I have to keep saying that it because it's like I just did that show, so it's some. Of we don't same-
0: have to. It's not like anybody watches <laughs> both shows.
1: No, no. Why would they? It's just it's too much of me and you. Let's be honest. Uh, but but on TNT, one what, what of the biggest side stories to come out of the Bin Laden news, uh, may, maybe the biggest, is uh, a little. Um, Little Twitter account uh, that went by the name of at Really virtual um, His real name is Sohaib Athar. Uh, lives in um, Abbottabad, which of course, where it was, where Bin Laden was hiding, and uses yeah, Twitter. And people,
0: you know, people keep calling it the um, Bin Laden Mansion. Did you finally see a picture of it?
1: Well, I saw a picture. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, there were some pictures of of the compound yeah. on fire on I the think television last night.
0: Mansion. But- is is a misleading word. It makes it makes it sound like it's the freaking Taj Mahal with marble columns. Yeah. This was a complex at best, and yes. a complex in the manner of Waco, uh, and right. probably you know I think those are, are are sort of equivalent in in many ways. Uh, this this was this was kind of kind of shoddy looking, huge, massive for sure. But this was this was not this was not luxury, especially the pictures of the inside. Yeah, no, uh, it's
1: it's 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 definitely a. It's almost yeah, compound is is a good word to describe it. Larger than the average house perhaps. I think yes. I think mansion is a way I don't really know why that word got used, but it is misleading because it makes it sound like he was, you know, silver spoons and and yeah. grapes. They and were mouths. freaking
0: burning their trash.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh which is actually not uncommon uh in cer- certain countries that yeah, pe- pe- people true. do is instead of I don't know taking it to a landfill somewhere if they don't have transportation. But anyway, so a hive <laughs> Uh many people know the story but if for any reason you missed this he was a a Twitter user um who was just happened to be living in the area he's got kind of an interesting story because he lives in Abbottabad but he uh used to live in Lahore which is a much bigger city and he um he was a he well before i get into what what his uh his history is we'll just go to his profile the The idea is that uh, the other night, when all of this was going down, the U.S. Uh, the um, Navy SEALs are going in to get uh, Osama. Well, said Obama. Gosh, and uh, it, and he's noticing a helicopter, and he's kind of annoyed by it. Um, he's he's tweeted quite a bit more because he's become a celebrity, but. He's annoyed. He's wondering why there's a helicopter. He says, it's 1 a.m. That's really unusual. You know, I mean, it's just it's a quiet town. Things like that don't happen around here. And then he kind of starts to speculate, well, you know, the Pakistan government says it's not one of ours and it doesn't look like the Taliban would have a helicopter. I wonder what's going on. Eventually, he realizes, oh, my gosh, I'm the guy who just live tweeted them going in and getting Osama. Well, I'm not exactly sure how he got on, the, the Twitter radar initially, Tom, I don't know if you if you knew that or not. Eventually, I just started seeing all these tweets. Oh, my gosh, this guy live tweeted that, you know, you got to look at this guy's Twitter stream. It's
0: amazing. You know, I think what happened is people started to search for the Abbottabad uh, tag, which, which he actually mentions at one point. He's ah. like, well, got to turn off the alerts because he had an I guess he had an alert coming every time uh, someone posted something with Abbottabad. And after last night, the freaking entire world uh, was posting things about, about, a uh, yeah, that so, makes sense. so I imagine that he, he people were probably starting to search for that. They ran across him. Uh, I, I heard about him shortly after the president's speech, uh, when I believe Andy Carvin, who does, uh, Twitter coverage for NPR, mm-hmm. was, had, had retweeted something that he had posted. I think when he posted, uh, uh-oh, looks like I'm the guy who accidentally live-blogged the Osama takedown. Uh it was retweeted within minutes of that. So I think Carvin probably found it somebody or or somebody forwarded it to him and then he posted it. And so I immediately went back and read through his Twitter uh stream. And and at the time, all the times matched up. I mean, it seemed like this guy really was just like, what the crap is going on with all these helicopters and something exploded, now the power's out, great. Yeah. You know, and he's probably just on his phone tapping this stuff out. And then later the news breaks, and he realizes, "Oh, that's what the helicopters were about." And of course, immediately everyone catches on to that because of what he wrote. He wrote, "I'm the guy who accidentally live blogged the, you, you know." and right. That resonated with me too. I'm like, "Holy cow! How crazy is that?" And and it just, I I'm 87 percent certain that this is absolutely true. Uh, and I, I saw we saw on the the Al Jazeera show the stream earlier today, an interview with him and he was at his coffee shop, which if you read back farther in his stream, he talks about his coffee shop uh, that he set up there. Uh, So, you know, I I think the whole thing's true. And and now the poor guy's flooded with media requests and people following him on Twitter and at replying him uh, and and all because he was upset that the helicopters were loud over his house. Yeah,
1: exactly. When I checked his account, Uh, This was, oh gosh, I mean, maybe around 11, maybe a little bit later. Uh, I was up pretty late digesting all of this last night. At any point, once I wasn't the first person to realize who he was, he had just under 1,000 followers. I thought, oh yeah, he's he's getting some attention now. He now has 82,000 followers and growing. I mean, if you (laughs) refresh his Twitter page every five minutes, it jumps up like 500 people. So instant celebrity. Um, It's kind of amazing. Obviously, this is a big event, but... He wasn't the only person to be to be tweeting about the news or to be wondering. I mean, there was somebody who had written into TNT who had compiled a few tweets from from the area um that showed that people were kind of chattering about this event, what happened, what might be going on. But um but our buddy, really virtual, is a bit of an internet celebrity. And when you read his tweets now, it's he's kind of funny actually. He's got kind of a sense of humor, you know, he's He's talking about uh you know he's making jokes about sponsored messages and then saying ah, I'm just kidding I'm not going to do that you know he's got a lot of people retweeting him he's clearly got um a, a life there he he lives there uh by choice he did mention to the folks on the stream which is uh Al Jazeera English podcast which I believe they're going to make into they're going to take onto television but it's um it's a new podcast that they're doing uh and it's good get on their part for um for getting so high up on the show, he said that Abbottabad is a really quiet place. Um, At 1 a.m., not a lot of activity. Most people are asleep. It's not the kind of place where a lot of people would be up and and paying attention. He says, uh, he told them, since he is originally from Lahore, he's actually been in situations where he's heard sound, gunshots, warfare, that sort of thing. And he knew something was up just based on his experience. You know, in his opinion, most people would be like, wow, it's kind of some weird noises and go back to sleep and not even think about it. So very interesting. It'll be interesting to see if he does do the media circuit. Um, Again, it's not something that he asked for. I mean, in no way was he trying to to gain, you know, the better part of 100000 followers in 24 hours. But I bet he'll get there. I bet he'll get there by midnight. And. You know what do you do? You're a coffee shop owner in a bottle bad. Maybe you'll get some more customers. Hard to say.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking back at some of the posts that he made before uh, the the events of of last night, and and he he does have, seem to have a sense of humor, and he seems to be pretty active in in social stuff. Yeah. Uh, at one point, he writes, "One man's breakfast is another man's dinner," uh, which is a tried, true, and eternal truth. Um, He also is asking uh, people in Lahore, uh, where does one find imported shisha tobacco from brands other than Alphacare? Please share. It just seems like it's not something I would ever think to ask because it's totally different culture, but it's that same sort of thing you see on Twitter all the time. Totally. Where can you find this thing I like that's not that thing that everybody knows about? Um, Right. Or, or, hey,
1: I'm in Chicago tonight. I I want the best deep dish pizza. I've got 30 minutes. Go. It's all the same thing. He did mention there was there was one tweet where somebody had asked him, um, and this is before things happened, something about why don't you ask Twitter or he, he was asking a question and, and someone had suggested that he kind of crowdsource it. And he was like, nobody here is on Twitter. <laughs> it would just be asking nobody. Well, I bet a lot of people in about Abad will be uh, joining Twitter now um, since they're obviously in the news. But anyway, it's just it's an interesting <laughs> accidental Um, celebrity. Uh, Happens all the time. This was uh, one of the stranger circumstances of it happening, but um, I wish him well, and I hope his phone stops ringing off the hook so he can get some sleep. Yeah, seriously. All right, Tom, so the next... (laughs) back. Okay, so let me give you a little history. I had told a story sometime back about a bad experience I had with Verizon. About a bad? Yes. Ha ha. About a boy. No, not really. (laughs) They're always about a boy somehow, but this particular story was more about me and a company. And you remember, I had, you were next to me when I was having a heated conversation with a customer service representative for Verizon. I didn't.
0: Ah, uh, right. And then it was the Verizon people who picked you up and then they're yes. like, oh, wait, your problems with Verizon Wireless. That's a whole different company. Yeah. We can't help you.
1: There was, yes, there was a long drawn out customer service, spent a lot of time. Won't go into the story again because folks have heard it already, but long story short, I, I, I lashed out on Twitter. A Verizon representative got back to me on Twitter publicly. We moved it to DM. She ended up calling me, I had asked for my number, which I provided, and we worked out the situation. I felt that I was in the right, so I wasn't just trying to, you know, be a Do you jerk. keep in touch with her? No. <laughs> no? Oh, okay. her, her phone number is in my call history, though, so hmm. if, I need a, if I need assistance, uh, I will I, I will not hesitate. Yeah, I didn't
0: know it like Easter if you just called her up to
1: Yeah, I should have. I should have wished her happy Easter. That was that was rude. Well anyway, I we we got a lot of we got mixed feedback from folks saying, Hey, you have uh, you know, almost fifty thousand followers. This is kind of a weird example because you're not necessarily the normal person. You work for a network that a lot of techie people watch. Verizon cares what you have to say more than the average person. And, right. And I think, In other
0: words, you're going to get treatment the rest of the world won't.
1: Yeah. and I, what they're I, trying to say. I think that there is some truth to being able to speak more loudly um, if you have the right forum. But I, my the way that I feel is that if this sets an example that you can use social media tools to fix issues then everyone should know that they have these tools at their disposal. You know, I mean, obviously results will vary as they always do with customer service experiences. But so uh, in our inbox, John had forwarded along a recent rant that was really similar to mine. This is actually there's actually two rants. There's one rant um, from two (laughs) TechCrunch reporters, Paul Carr, um, bitching about how the, the Luxor didn't give him free Wi-Fi. He's staying in Vegas um, that was kind of amend, um, it was it was in addition to a, another article from Eric Schoenfeld. The original article was, um, and Eric Schoenfeld, he's actually a really mild-mannered guy. Um, he's not the kind of person to write rants. Uh, he wrote a rant on TechCrunch called American Air, You Suck. And it was, I mean, if you read this, it's really, you really do feel bad for him. It's, it's a terrible, sordid tale of, canceled flights and screaming children and being stuck on the runway for two hours and then not having a seat. There was something wrong with his seat cushion. And then you can't just change seat cushions. And I mean, it was a really bad story. And he had had um, difficulty with cost- customer service, tried to get somebody to reimburse him and, and just you know d- didn't have any luck, took his story to Twitter, um, and his story kind of it, it turns out a lot like mine where he finally got someone to say, OK, OK, I see I see what's going on. I'm the American air social media representative, whatever they call themselves. And he got he got his situation figured out. Paul Carr followed up to the story just sort of. And, and the reason that Paul Carr, I think, followed up to the story is that if you read the comment section, uh which um, which was actually, I mean, it was a pretty lively debate. In in the original article about American Airlines, a lot of people were like, hey, listen, TechCrunch, you guys do too many of these types of things. This is a personal rant about a personal problem. This is a tech blog. We don't want to hear it. And by the way, you have too many followers to could be complaining about this because none of us could do the same thing and get the same kind of treatment. Um, Well, the, the second article that I keep referring to um, it's just kind of, he, he, sides. he sides with these people a bit, Paul does. Because he says the truth is, most of the time, social media experts, representatives, brand ambassadors, whatever they're calling themselves, really are just going to give you the runaround. What they want to do, they've got people uh, looking at their app replies and following keywords. And when you complain about them, they might click on your profile and see if you matter enough. And if you don't, maybe you just never hear anything. And if you do, based on, you know, whatever whatever their measurement terms are, they'll DM you and get you to start complaining out of the public realm. So you get it off of everybody else's Twitter streams. But then in many cases, that's as far as it's ever going to get because they're not just going to make everybody's day because, of course, that's how customer service works. Tom, what, what do you think about this? I mean, you, you and I are in very similar positions as far as what we do for a living, how we use social media, you know, the, the reach, if you know, if you want to call it that, that we mm-hmm. have online. I mean, do, do we have it better than everybody else? Are, you, are we all playing in the same pool here?
0: Well, let me tell you, Sarah, mm-hmm. uh, this weekend uh, I was at the airport flying out to Honolulu for a speaking engagement. Uh, so there you go. Right there. I am not... An average person. That's right. Most people, you know, here I am complaining about flying to Honolulu. I'm a jerk. Yes. But the pl- the flight was delayed. It was delayed an hour and a half. And these things happened. In fact, there was really bad weather. I understood going to the airport why it was going to be delayed. Uh, But they would not give us any information about the delays. And when they did come on and give us information, it was with a real like, <sighs> I don't know why we need to tell you this sort of tone. Really? Um, and people, people were just haughty and pushing around. And I understand it had probably been a really long day with lots of delays and they were tired of hearing the same questions over and over again. Um, but it was just, it was just bitchy. Not, an, not a single apology. We were rushed onto the plane. Uh, and, and when we got on the plane, there was just a lot of nagging about hurry up and put your stuff in the bins and sit down. Oh, uh, and, the, and then when they read the, uh, the safety announcement, they, they were like, it was like being in class. I would like everyone to put down your uh, magazines and stop your conversations and listen. Wow. I, was, I was like, okay, we're adults here. And that's when I posted uh, United Airlines obviously does not create an environment uh, in which they encourage their employees to give a damn. Because it just, I understood. I thought that
1: tweet. I didn't I know what the context was. But. I
0: understood why these employees were frustrated. I got it. I am empathetic to that. Uh, but at the same time, it didn't seem like they cared about hiding it at all. Uh, and and when you're in customer service, man, it sucks to have to, but that is the job is to deal equitably, uh, with the public. And so I'm like, I blame the employer, not the employee. They have created a, a, a scenario where these, these folks feel like, you know what, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and I have to say the, uh, the other two members of the crew on that flight were were fine. They were perfectly adequate. Uh, the crew members and the staff at the gate on the flight back uh, was fine. But I I at replied United Airlines. I didn't get a single question. What happened? What do you mean? You know what can we do to help? Nothing wow. like that. And frankly, that is the norm for me. If I complain about a product or a service on Twitter, uh, I don't I don't hear anything. Uh, The exceptions are Comcast, and uh, that's because Comcast has made it a point to have a staff of people on Twitter. And I know they don't just help folks with large followers. I've heard of other people getting help on Twitter, and I actually get real help. Like, I've gotten real status updates that I couldn't get by calling them uh, over Twitter. The other exception was Gillette, uh, when I made some crack about um, uh, growing the beard uh, they they wrote back and were like, "We'll send you a free razor." That, <laughs> so that that's it. Don't so grow a beard. <laughs> I think there are companies like Comcast and Verizon who are attempting to do this, and I think mm-hmm. that story about saying a lot of them just want to get you to shut up is probably true. Yeah, uh, I don't think Twitter is going to be the savior of customer service. I think it's going to be a great outlet. For for companies who really value customer service to provide another outlet to helping people, uh, but it's Twitter itself isn't going to change companies that have bad customer service suddenly into companies that have good customer service.
1: Yeah, I mean, bad PR is something that companies care about, and if they have a little bad PR and it's just some random person, it's why do why should they care? Um, it's not because they're they're not. People with feelings because, you know, but you just kind of have to think of it in a company sense. They can only spend so much time um, on their own PR. And as more and more people use Twitter, the folks that are going to get what they want out of it um, will continue to be a small group of people. And that's just the way it goes. I, too, have complained. Uh, about a variety of companies, and never heard anything back from them. Those stories just aren't very interesting. So the stories that I tell are the ones where I actually get something out of it, like the Verizon story. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, it, it, folks, I know that you've got you've got differing opinions on this. Um, Tom and I both have have specific stories where it's worked out for us and and others where it hasn't. So let us know if you want to, um, if if you have these kinds of stories, because last time I talked about this, I got a flood of here's why this doesn't work or here's why this actually worked for me. And that was really helpful. Uh, Quick reminder that you can write us at the social hour at twit.tv and um, by the way, if you've missed any of our shows, we're on episode six now. If you've missed any of our shows up until this point, you can go to twit.tv slash TSH. TSH is our little, well, it's not really an acronym because you don't say this. Is but um, TSH is um, is our URL. And a quick reminder that we're not recording the show live at the normal time today because it's kind of a weird week. We've had a few weird weeks lately, but we'll get back into the regular schedule soon. But it's Mondays, eleven a.m. Pacific, and that's two p.m. Eastern um, at live.twit.tv. If you want to um, to join us live on the show on the social hour, Before- there's a
0: Russian character for, ch, for tsh. It's like a it's like a like a w with a little tail,
1: and it's pronounced z. Th-
0: it's pronounced
1: okay i'll take it good uh before we get into our spotlight of the week i wanted to quickly thank carbonite for being a sponsor of the social hour carbonite is the way to back up your very very important files files that you care about files that you can't lose files that that might contain your deepest, darkest secrets. If you're not familiar with Carbonite, it is so easy to use. What you do is you just install it. You back up your files. And by the way, once you once you have a Carbonite account, you can just back up in the background as long as you're connected to the Internet. It's not even something that you have to think about.
0: And the then, nice thing is you can even set a priority status. So if you're worried about it sucking up bandwidth while you're trying to do something else, it'll monitor for that and say, oh, the, everything's busy. I'm going to hold off.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. And I mean, this is really you know, the idea of backing up your data. People back up data in many ways. You can have an external hard drive. You can, I mean, there's there's so many ways to do this. But if you've just got that Carbonite in the cloud backup, you can really rest assured that it's safe. It's away from any physical location. So all of that, you know, the hard drive failures and 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 lost files, you know, if you just can't remember where you put that one file, you know that you already have another copy of it at Carbonite. And by the way, Carbonite works really well with remote access too. I mean, if you're not at your computer, you've backed up your files, um, you can connect to the internet um, from a remote computer, your iPhone or or Android phone, BlackBerry um, as well. And this works with um, Windows and Mac too. So it's really, really, really a good thing to do for your own peace of mind, it's unlimited backup for your PC or Mac. Fifty nine bucks a year, and if you think of that in terms of what you'd be spending a day, it's sixteen cents. Sixteen cents a day. Tomorrow and I have, have two
0: hundred seventeen gigabytes backed up right now. Do you really? For sixteen cents a day.
1: Wow, that's pretty good. It's pretty good, Tom. So, all right. Uh, thanks so much to uh, thanks so much to Carbonite for sponsoring our show today. We really, really love them. Back up your data, to people because if you don't, you just don't want the alternative. Our special code at Carbonite.com is Social Hour. We thank them so much for their support. Go to Carbonite.com and let them know Social Hour sent you. Thanks, Carbonite. All right, so Tom, our I don't know really how I feel about, about this next service. Um, it is our spotlight, and I'm going into this cautiously because I know that location and the idea that people can find you physically at places that you check into is is a delicate subject for a lot of folks. This next service is called Knock Knock, um, and it's spelled uh, without the K, basically. Um, it's also spelled differently than a bar called Knock Knock in the lower hate.: Oh, it's spelled with the K. Well, it's spelled with one k, not
0: oh, with the k. There's no k at the beginning. You're right. You. Yes,
1: one right. k, not two. So it's it's not the knock knock joke. It's n o c k dash com is the URL. So here's how knock knock works. And it took me a minute to figure it out. They've got an uh, instructional video. Um, if you just go to the homepage, uh, but I still had to kind of play around with it a little bit. So what you have to do is. First of all, this is only active right now in New York, San Francisco, Hong Kong and Bangkok. And I've noticed that in San Francisco, uh, it has a long way to go. So I have to. You can use Knock Knock in Bangkok. In New York. That's right.
0: Knock all right. Knock,
1: Bangkok and, and, and go with the jokes. So in San Francisco, we've got a few uh, neighborhoods. So if I were to click on hate Ashbury, for example, by the way. When you first load up Knock Knock, in order to even get to this point, you have to log in with your Foursquare credentials. So this works with Foursquare. If you're not a Foursquare user, not going to be any fun. At this point, I've got some places that uh, that people have populated. Um, Nikki's. Uh, Finnegan's Wake, Danny Coyle's. Lot of- ah,
0: Finnegan's Wake. It's always it's always busy there. It's always packed. I don't want to go there. It's always crowded.
1: Well, right now there's only one person that's that's checked into Finnegan's Wake, and they, they- Okay,
0: here's the problem with knock knock, right? So that's the idea. Is well there's only one person checked in, so I know Finnegan's Wake isn't packed. Right. But what if that just means he's the only person who checked in, and it's still full of three hundred people?
1: Yeah, or the the only person who um is cool with uh, public Foursquare uh, notifications right. because. By the way, this is the sort of service that works really well with people who have not turned on uh, the 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 utmost in privacy on Foursquare. Foursquare is not about uh, letting crazy people that you don't want uh, to know where you are know where you are. It's um, it's up to you. So these are people who have uh, public location turned on. I'm one of those people. Uh, I don't really know why. I guess I'm just not scared or something. But, the, but here's where Knock Knock is kind of weird is that They are only including venues that are fun, like nightclubs, bars, um, or maybe lively restaurants where there's dancing, that sort of thing. So it's very much supposed to be um, where are all the people at for the party. Now, I already have a problem with that because who's to say what I want to do when I'm at a party? You know, I I don't want to go to delirium uh, for a party. I uh, definitely don't want to go to Majul. I don't even like that place. Zeitgeist, I'd be into. You know, I'd be interested in who's at Zeitgeist, but it's just one girl and I don't know her. So these aren't even friends of mine. Um, what you do is if you want to know a little bit more about a person, and by the way, I'm not going to go into anyone's um, profile because I don't know them, and so I don't want to, you know, publicly talk about them. Hey, they made it show. public. They did. Uh, all right, so fine. Forty 42 minutes ago at Zeitgeist, um, a lovely lady um, with some tattoos and a cute hairdo. Uh, checked in at Zeitgeist. She's on Foursquare. Um, I, could, I could click Foursquare and get more information about you, her via her Foursquare prof- profile. If you've set up Twitter and Facebook um, on Foursquare as well, which you can do, uh, those icons would, would show up as well. So, I mean, I clicked around in Knock Knock a little bit earlier, and I, you know, there's, there's a lot of information that you can find out about people if they've linked their their Facebook profile, for example, to to Foursquare and they haven't turned on uh, certain privacy settings in Foursquare. Now, I know a lot about them via Knock Knock and if we have similar friends and Facebook's telling me that. I don't know. I just, this is the sort of thing, Tom, where on one hand you go, oh, that's, it's one of these services that's cool because they can. But at the same time, I feel as though so many people still just don't quite, understand the repercussions of geolocating yourself and letting everyone know that that these services seem very invasive
0: i i don't feel that way i i you know i i think for the most part people on foursquare they want to check in they want to be public that's that's their their choice and i think i think we because and i don't mean we're old but you know we're we're not like in our teens and 20s. Right. uh, You know, we come from a different background of, of, of a lot of privacy just being natural. And so we assume it should continue. I think a lot of people are growing up with the idea of like, yeah, my location is public. Of course it is. That's just, that's just the way the world works. So I hesitate to, to jump and call this stuff scary. Uh, To me, it's more useless. Like why, why do I need this? It's not giving me good information. If I go onto Foursquare, my my app I can actually go and see the same information. I could just do a search on a place and it'll tell me who's there. Right. So what do I need knock-knock for exactly? Maybe I'm missing it. Maybe there's some key here. Maybe it's just the presentation that's better. Uh, sometimes that's all it takes, but I'm I'm not at first glance seeing why I would use this over Foursquare itself.
1: Yeah, me either. I think uh, the presentation is, is the key um, that Foursquare... Foursquare is... Not, I mean the web interface is okay I wouldn 't call it anything exciting. Um, you look at you look at knock knock and you, you see everybody's faces you can hover over their information so it's the same information you're absolutely right there it, knock knock is obviously not scraping anything that Foursquare doesn 't want you to know about, but it's presented in a different way um, you've got you know sort of this nice these pictures and and tattooed men I mean he's at Brooklyn bowl i 'm going to get a flight to New York right now. Um, excellent so on and so forth yeah i mean it's free it's i don't know i i i'm mixed on stuff like this i i do i do have friends who are really anti this kind of thing because it's very clear to them that many of these people if they knew that we were looking at them would be like oh god no 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 i need to i need to fix my settings so yeah there there's some there, there's the argument that hey you're using foursquare you should read the manual um, and
0: rtFm
1: right right rtFm so knock knock it's available to you if you're a Foursquare user if you want to try it out let us know if uh, you know if, if you're on my side of the fence if you're on Tom's I mean I don't I, I'm a public person I've got no problem with it I kind of feel like it's just it's part of the job it's kind of part of the fun but um, but I understand that, that, it, that it can be weird for the people. All right, uh, we, we, we get a lot of really good feedback from you guys. Um, I, I'm always telling you that because I just want you to know that we really appreciate it. And we can't always read all of your feedback, but I'm sorry. We can't always respond to all of your feedback, but we do always read it. But every once in a while, we do get some constructive criticism. The latest was more of a rant. So I thought, well, you know, we're not just going to be all roses and puppies and unicorns on the show. Um, He or she did not leave their name, but I will go ahead and read the email anyway. Amber and Sarah and Tom. First, let me say I like your show. It's entertaining, but totally pointless. I can't help but be amazed by you guys and how you're in your own little world in the San Francisco area where you think everything can be solved on the Internet. I don't think there's any place else that has the same social issues as you do there. It was interesting hearing how Sarah solved a customer service issue by tweeting about it. That wouldn't work for any place else. If I tweet about something, no one will care. No one will ever see it. I heard once that most tweets go unread and I'm sure nobody cares what I say anyway because I don't have a radio show and I don't work in Silicon Valley. In fact, I joined Friendster back in the day, but I never had a single friend because everyone on there was in San Francisco. Heck, I can't even get broadband at my house. I've heard that two uh, thirds of the country can't get broadband either in order to use Netflix or any of that streaming stuff you're always talking about. It'd be nice if you talked about something that applies to the rest of the world sometime. Just a suggestion. Love the show. I know. I like how it was like, I like the show, and here's why I don't like it. So... (laughs) Um
0: well, let me, let me take a, a stab please, at responding please. to this because I, I, I totally understand the impulse of being like, look, I, I'm not inside the Beltway. I'm not in the in the Silicon Valley bubble. So I don't have, you know, a hundred people lining up to be my friend. And I'm not going to have people worried about what's going to be happening on the social hour if I don't help out Sarah Lane. And it's easy to think that there's probably a kernel of truth to it. But the fact of the matter is people are looking on Twitter Uh, they're just searching. They don't care how many followers you are. They want to expunge anything bad about their brand name. But not every company is like that. So it doesn't matter uh, if if you've posted something before and not gotten a a response from anyone. It probably is because you weren't posting about one of those companies that really cares about this stuff. And the other thing is, you got to be social to get social back. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've had that same experience where I've joined uh, social networks and I haven't gotten any friends or any connections because I don't try. And I actually do know people in San Francisco and and could make friends. But I, I have several of these things where I'm like, you know, I signed up. I don't tell anybody I signed up. I don't reach out. I don't go to other people's threads and comment. You know, I don't participate. And, of course, you're not going to be part of that. So maybe that's just not, you know, maybe these kinds of things like Friendster uh, just to argue your thing and two thirds of the country can't get broadband that is that is not true that's not true. Uh, there is a large portion of the country uh that can't get uh broadband uh there is a a larger maybe the two thirds number is more people who can't get extra fast broadband uh you know things like fifty megabits per second and that that sort of thing is true and and we do have a broadband it, it's sort of it's exaggerating the case here,
1: yeah, you know i it's it's i really do the, the, the Social Hour is one of those shows where I really want to take into consideration the fact that we are very much in a little bubble unless we try really hard not to be in the Silicon Valley. Um, and, that, I mean, that applies to a lot of urban areas where there's a lot of high-tech and startup um, life going on. And San Francisco's not the only city, but but it's definitely one of the biggest. So I really do... I read things like this, and I I and I, I know... I empathize with this feeling of like, gosh, it's just this like echo chamber and no one's listening and it's not fun. And you you have to be in San Francisco to have a good time. Well, even though I, I, and you know, as Tom said, it's like, you kind of just got to participate and, and get the hang of it. Um, You know, Amber doesn't live in San Francisco. She's the co-host. She lives in Toronto. She lives in Canada. It's a whole other country. Tom is sitting at his house right now in San Rafael, but he could be anywhere. He could be on Skype anywhere in the world, and we could be doing the show. We we do um, shows on the Twit Network all week long with people who are overseas and different time zones and all sorts of good stuff like that. So the whole idea of the show is truly centered around the idea that Many, many of us have access to all the same tools. We live in different um, geographical locations and we can we can um, we can link up with each other. We can share things. We can have a good time. We can get information together. Much of it is real time. New tools that we never had before. So in a way, it's like everything that you're complaining about is just not true. Uh, but at the same time, I do see both sides i do see both sides of the story and you know if you ever feel like we 're going on and on and 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 kind of forgetting that that someone in a small town is not going to be able to do uh, what i 'm what i 'm describing, hey call me out on it. no problem at all but um but we really aim to be a global show
0: mm-hmm. i 've seen the net from both sides now have you from up and down yeah and still somehow i uh no i i, I, I after all of my responses to his, to his criticisms or hers um you know it's hard to be social when we don't even know who you are but it's uh, it's it's a fair point that i work hard to try to avoid myself which is getting caught in the bubble and saying things are this way because that's how everybody in san francisco does things i but i think that's true of any place uh in any place you're going to, you know you may be able to say in your place uh you know nobody uses the internet because nobody does in your area it's going to be different in different places. And I think that's a a very good thing for us to keep in mind.
1: Absolutely. All right. Before we get into some of our other uh, viewer feedback, you guys were pretty, uh, you pretty active this week. And I thank you for that. Just wanted to thank Netflix for being our second sponsor on the show today. Um, Netflix, where more than two thirds of America can stream movies or get DVDs sent to their homes. Netflix is awesome. If you're not already a Netflix user, boy will you enjoy it uh again you can get instant streamed movies to to your to your PC or your Mac or a Netflix ready device like an Xbox or a PS3 or or Nintendo Wii, or even just a Netflix-enabled <laughs> TV. I've got one. Uh, it's my Sony Bravia. Works like a dream. Or if you prefer DVDs, um, Blu-ray DVDs are included, um, some titles. You can get DVDs sent in the mail in one business day. The way Netflix works is you've got this online queue, and you just pretty much add movies or TV shows. Uh, they have a lot of TV series. You can start at the beginning of 24. If you've never seen that before, go to town. Have a good time. Watch it on Netflix. Um, it'll, uh, you know, you can take up a a few weekends perhaps. And once you've got your queue set up, you, you just start watching movies. Um, there's no late fees, you know, when you're done with a movie, then you can watch another one. It works out really well. And, um, if you want to sign up for a free trial membership, that's, uh, what is it? 14 days that they get? Yeah.
0: 14 day free trial. You could be watching raging bull tonight.
1: Ooh, raging bull. Wow. I haven't seen raging bull since, gosh, I was, I was a kid. What year did that come out? Early 80s, right? Uh, 1980.
0: 1980.
1: Yes, <laughs> I was four. Now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure my parents didn't let me watch Raging Bullets. Uh, I haven't later. seen that.
0: That was four. I
1: probably saw it. Yeah, I probably rented it from a video store, but it was, I was still pretty young. Yeah, I mean, you can uh, sign up for a free 14-day trial. Netflix is, I always say this, it's one of those services where if you, if you don't have it, maybe you don't know what you're missing, but once you do, you realize this is the way, this is the way to watch movies and TV shows It is just awesome. Um, I love streaming Netflix. It is great. And we thank them so much for sponsoring this episode of The Social Hour. Our special code so that the Netflix folks know that Twit sent you is netflix.com slash twit. That's netflix.com slash T-W-I-T. Thank you to Netflix. All right, Tom. So we're going to go into a little bit of viewer feedback now. Uh, The first email comes from Guy in Princeton, New Jersey.
0: Not just some guy. No, his name is Guy. Guy. Yeah, I think his name's Guy.
1: You could could make it up. You could just tell me that your name is something else. Maybe it's Guy. Guy from Princeton, New Jersey says, Hey, Sarah and Amber, uh, it's not that it's the first story to be spread by Twitter, but the news of Bin Laden's death seems to be the first story that I initially learned about on Twitter. Uh, Many other people are saying the same thing, Guy. He says, thanks to your tweets, actually. What I found interesting, though, is that neither of you, he's talking about Amber and I, actually specified which story you were tweeting about. Perhaps it's because I'm not following any news sources like the BBC, for example. But I still had to go on the web to find out what was happening, what you guys were referencing. I'm curious as to your thoughts whether Twitter can really break a story. Is it ready for that? Especially when the person breaking the story might be someone without thousands of followers, or if it really only works as a means for commenting on a story, which everybody's familiar with already. Yeah, I mean, Guy's right. I, um... I was a little bit, uh, I didn't want to, you know, I, I didn't want to tweet anything last night that was going to be taken the wrong way. Um, you know, I, I felt that the whole thing was kind of a powerful moment. So didn't I stop actually, me, well, didn't stop a lot of people. And, you know, that was just I, I was just kind of like I need to just be quiet and kind of absorb this information. I did tweet about how CNN, because it was interesting to me at the time that everyone else was saying Bin Laden's dead. This is going to be the news. This is what Obama's going to talk about. And CNN, for a good half hour that I was watching uh, their live coverage, were just congratulating themselves on not speculating like the other news outlets were speculating. And, I mean, they went on and on about it. And Wolf Blitzer was just saying, I just want to commend ourselves on not speculating. I just want to pat
0: ourselves on the back. I I want to talk about how awesome we are. He really said You know what? I'm going to tell you what's on Twitter. Because you couldn't go to Twitter and look at it yourself. So let me read some of those tweets.
1: Yeah, so I tweeted about that. I tweeted, hey, CNN is the, you know, they just keep repeating that they're not going to say it, so I'm going to switch over to MSNBC. I think Amber tweeted, wow, which a lot of people did, and and everyone who already knew what that was in reference to kind of went, yeah, wow. Well, Guy was like, what are they talking about? So he figured it out in other ways. I think, Tom, you know, I don't know, I I don't know where you stand on the side of it, but I think... It really just depends on again who you follow I you know I, that's a simple answer i, I don't
0: I, I think it's a it's a false premise that people set up to have a conversation uh, to say that Twitter is going to break news or Twitter will replace journalism or Twitter is the new journalism uh, just like radio didn't get rid of newspapers television didn't get rid of radio uh, all Twitter is is a new way of posting information and sharing it. And it's one more tool. I think Andy Carvin is a fantastic example of what you can do with Twitter, but it doesn't, obviate the need for a longer form story that you can read and see more details about. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change uh, the fact that you want to see video of things uh, and you want to hear expert analysis as video is being shown describing it, say in an earthquake situation or, or a shooting or something like that. It's, a, it, it's only one way of getting information. And for certain kinds of information, it's perfect but not for every single piece of information. So this it's kind of false to say like, oh, t- can Twitter break news or not? In some cases, yes. In a lot of cases, no. It's it's just another slice of the story. There, for instance, when I heard about what happened to Bin Laden, I overheard a guy in the row in front of me on the plane after it landed, uh, passing on what what ended up being misinformation. But what I did was went on my phone and looked it up on BBC and got the full story. To me, that's kind of what Twitter is. Twitter is the guy saying 140 characters worth of stuff that then you can go and find out more about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 what you make of it. It is a means to communicate. It is not the communication tool. I mean, Guy, it, I, I, I know a lot of folks use lists. I mean, that might be something that you could get something out of. Um, uh, Robert Scoble, for example, has a great... Um, legendary tech news people list. Um, a lot of people are following it, a lot of people are on it, and it's it's a good way to, to get um, advice on to who to follow, who you trust. Um, Tom and I probably follow a lot of the same people and then a lot of different people, and it's it's it, that's sort of the beauty of it, is everyone is having slightly different experience because yeah. of, of the people that you're allowing into your stream. So,
0: um, And it's what, what you're looking at at the time. If you're listening to radio... Radio's where you're going to hear about it. If you're watching TV, TV's where you're going to hear about it. If you're looking at Twitter, Twitter's where you're going to hear about it. Some things will break on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Some things will be a guy happens to be on the tarmac after the plane landed that had a hole in it and takes a picture. And that posts on Twitter. And that's how everyone finds out about it. Some things like the guy who accidentally live blogged are going to originate on Twitter. People aren't going to figure him out until later. But Twitter is the source of the story. Other things are just, you know what? I heard about it on Twitter, but I had to go to the link, uh, which had the real breaking news on it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's 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 like I, I I knew what was coming on Twitter, and I turned on my TV eventually because I wanted to watch Obama on my big screen, you know, rather than my little laptop screen. It's like it, it's 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 whatever you want to make of it. The experience is is yours is yours to make. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you were following, I think Keith Urban, not the country singer, but. <laughs> but a different Keith Urban, there was an, there's an H in the Urban was the was the first tweet that I could find that it actually referenced it's Bin Laden, that's the news. But, I mean, there's probably somebody else. I was who- like,
0: he was a former Bush administration official, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> I was like, the country singer? Really? That can't be right. No, no, no. It's different totally Keith different, different Keith Urban. But, yeah, and I'm sure somebody else uh, heard from, you know, there are millions of people that everyone heard this news from. So, it's a, it's a spreader, it's a disseminator of information. All right, we've got a voicemail uh, from Anonymous in Pennsylvania who's got... Um, some uh, tips for people who want to manage Facebook a little bit better and if you're like me you have too many friends and you need need this advice
2: Hello Social Hour Podcast, Uh, you're asking for tips on social uh, networking here's the best one I came up with I just got back onto Facebook a few days ago actually and I am all about privacy so I set up the following four groups for all of my friends, Uh, close friends casual acquaintances family and coworkers, and I set it up so that each of my status updates um, everything with my wall pictures is specific to uh, one or more of those groups so now I can post something on the wall and I can have my close friends see but not my casual acquaintances certainly not my family and not my co-workers or I can put something really nice and public out there and let everyone see it So I found that really helps me, and uh, I'm sure it's going to avoid a lot of uh, weird questions when I get into work and when I'm hanging around my family. So uh, I hope everyone else can enjoy that same.
1: That same technique, I guess, is probably how he was going to. Yeah, I think this is um, a really, really, really good uh, thing to do. Some of us have, I mean, co-workers and friends, those lines can be blurred as, you know, what makes an acquaintance become a friend Again, it's it's kind of a personal experience, but I think being able to section friend groups into specific friend groups, especially if there's like a family or maybe you work at a company where that, that life is very separate than the life, you know, once you punch out at 5 p.m. on Friday and go party. Um, Tom, do you do you do uh, friend lists that are everyone's in a specific category?
0: I don't anymore. I used to when I, when I pretty much friended anybody on Facebook. Uh, when, I started, when I signed up for Facebook, it was still in the network phase, right? You could, you could only be a member if you were part of a network. Uh, and so I took all comers. I said, hey, I don't, you know, I don't care. I'll friend anybody. Then as Facebook started to be used more and more as a uh, repository for personal information and as a tool for things, I realized that's not the right way to use it. Uh, They're pushing me away from that because they're assuming that all these people are my real friends, Mm -hmm. not just social friends from the Internet. So I I actually went through the process of unfriending a bunch of people and explaining what I was doing, moving them over to a a Facebook page uh, that I created, uh, and then limiting Facebook to just people I know. Uh, And when I did that, I, I didn't really find the need for a separation uh, between different kinds of friends groups. But I can see if your if your work life and your home life uh, are very different, uh, that if they don't blend together. I mean, freak, my, my wife is Leo's producer, so they're pretty blended for me, but it, right. that may not be true for some. I could see where that would be a useful thing to do.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I did the exact same thing that you did uh, back in the day where I went, you know what, Facebook is not fun for me with too many friends. I made the mistake of just adding anybody who wanted to be my friend, um, and it became a noisy place that I never wanted to go to because I, I just couldn't weed through the information. So I did a lot where I, I explained that I was creating a page, I moved over a lot of people successfully. Um, but what I what I still have the issue of is I've got my um, I, I guess my I say my internet friends. Many of them are also my real life friends, but I've got my my life now, um, and those people that are you know in my my social circle that doesn't represent, you know, my high school friends. And I've got a lot of high school friends that are on Facebook, as many of you do. So it's actually very, very helpful for me. I've got, you know, my buddy, I actually just created this buddy list if anyone was watching. But um, um, I've got my buddies and then I've got a separate list for all my people from back home. Sebastopol, that's the town I grew up in. And these are from folks- Russia. Yeah, <laughs> if only, if only. Well, that's Sebastopol. So it's a little bit different. Um, These are all folks that, uh, you know, are important to me. You know, I care about them. None of them are uh, on any of my social networks, or very few of them are anyway. And they're just, they're separate in almost every way. But I care about them, and I don't want them to get lost in the shuffle, because it's just easy to get lost in the shuffle of Facebook, even if you only have. I I mean, I I think I'm at like 300 and something friends, which it's... That's too many for me to handle, even though that's so much fewer than so so many other people juggle. This is very helpful for me. So um if you and, and like um, like our caller said, you can choose to share an update or a funny link or a video with certain lists. So you can share it with everybody. I could share. Some I don't know maybe I could I could um, encode some video I used to walk around high school with a video camera all the time I was that I was that kid and share some video that you know all the Sebastopol people would really get out a kick out kick out of but I don't necessarily want to share it with all of my current friends because maybe it's embarrassing or I look stupid or something like that so it's it's uh it's really worth going into the Facebook settings and seeing what your options are as far as managing friends because it really is supposed to be. You know, a helpful service helps all of us. All right. If we want, uh, if you wanted to give us a call like Anonymous did. Hi, Anonymous. That was great. Thanks for giving us that tip. We love it. Uh, please call us. The number is 2626 social. We we had that little uh, jingle, Tom. I don't think you heard it because you weren't on the show that day, but it was like 2626 two six social.
0: What happened to it?
1: Well, I just have to load it up before the show.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> I never remember.
0: Well, you just saying it. That's good enough.
1: Yeah, and of course, you can always write us if you don't want to call and you don't want to leave a video. By the way, if you do want to leave a video, I don't think we've played any videos on the social hour yet, and we'd love to see your beautiful face. If you just want to upload a video, you can upload it to YouTube or Vimeo or wh- wherever, anywhere that you can send us a link, you know, it's not private or whatever, that we can play it on the show. We'd love to see you, but if you just want to write us... You don't want to be seen or heard. That's cool. The social hour at TV is our email address as well. All right, Tom, before we let you go off to do uh, your next podcast, because apparently you just podcast all night.
0: That's, that's you, pretty much it. That's
1: what you do. Amber and I have a section of the show that we like to call Rad or Fad. And <laughs> yes, and this is uh, just, you know, it's something that's come across our radar, and we're just not sure how we feel about it yet. This is actually Amber's suggestion, because she didn't she didn't actually wake up sick until today. Poor thing. So yesterday she was, she was, uh, you know, we were, we were uh, swapping links back and forth trying to figure out what we were going to talk about. <laughs> and Amber, I don't know where she finds some of this stuff, but she found Mockingbirds. And uh, the website is mbirds with a Z. So m-b-i-r-d-z dot com. This is one of the weirdest sites ever where there are a variety of... Twitter accounts, uh, not really—they're they're not real. Um, they're kind of fake accounts or tweeting as a dog or uh, variety that, that are like crowdsourced. So, for example, a little while ago, I decided to tweet as this little laser cat named Oliver Pants, who's Ollie Pants on Twitter. Totally just ate the best mouse burger with Swiss. So that was what I tweeted as Oliver Pants. And if you go to, um, if you go to Twitter.
0: What? Wait, hold on. Sorry. I'm, I, I'm at Twitter. I'm actually at Mockingbirds using the condensed milk uh, Twitter account. Uh, It's got an Eagle brand, Borden's uh, condensed milk can. So I wrote, I'm ashamed that I killed off pet milk.
1: There you go. Okay. So here's this stupid tweet that I sent through Oliver Pants the cat. I didn't do this. I don't. I don't really know what I'm doing here. It's kind of a and you just sent what did you you sent a tweet through
0: through uh ma'am underscore in underscore A underscore can. There the you go. Eagle Eagle brand.
1: Yeah. So that what here's what's weird about this is that it's like, okay, so you I don't know who's behind the site, but you you've got an area here where you can say, you can suggest, oh, I'd like to tweet as Mr. Buttons. And maybe they'll put together something for you. You know, there's like a fake Mr. T account type of thing. The Carlisle group though, I was like, Carlisle group, what in the world? Obviously it's spelled differently. And there's an underscore in the Twitter name that they're actually using. But the Carlisle group is like an investment firm, like a really, you know, buttoned up kind of a group. I-, I can't imagine that they would be okay with this if they knew that uh, anybody was using their name. I don't-, I don't know if this is actually their their logo, but I mean, it's spelled the with- way. Well, there's
0: also the uh, Starbucks mermaid.
1: Yeah, Starbucks siren. Uh, who's a mermaid logo buzzmade? I mean, it's kind of like, okay, so first of all, when we say rad or fad, I'm like, I don't even know if this is even a fad. This is more just kind of bizarre. But it's not rad because it's just a bunch of noise and kind of spammy. But it would be cool if Mockingbirds could figure out a way for me to set up a group Twitter account that uh, you and Leo and Eileen and everybody else at Twit could just sort of dump tweets into. There are other services that do that, but I mean, yeah. if this if this was that kind of service, I'd be like, yeah, that's kind
0: of cool. I like this for fun. This is not a tool because there's like you say, there's plenty of tools, but it's so unfiltered that it just kind of goes to crap pretty quick.
1: Yeah, I mean, baked Steve Jobs, you can imagine the kind of jokes that are going to be on the baked Steve Jobs. The thing like is Like the one
0: I just wrote about uh- buttons.
1: Yeah, the buttons, the buttons, stop them, Phil. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then somebody responded to you, or maybe that was you. But the, but the idea, it's, it's like this just, it's, it's weird. And the problem is is that there's, there's, there's always that chance that you and I are thinking something is really, really funny. Oh, boy, that funny Steve Jobs, baked Steve Jobs that you just sent out. But if no one's following the count, then what's the point? There's no point, you know?
0: Yeah, and you're, you're not, not going to get a very even, Twitter. you're not going to get a very even consistency of funny stuff. So I would never want to follow one of these either.
1: I think that you could perhaps use mockingbirds if I don't know they're still around in, in some time, and there are a bunch of. Fake accounts where you know where there's a variety of ways that people like to spoof a tweet that never actually went out from a celebrity or something where you could have a little fun with a friend who isn't paying enough attention or doesn't know uh, how Twitter works that well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I'm gonna go with not even a fad. Um, not 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 rad. Tom, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go fad. Uh, it it had hints of rad around the edges. Yeah, uh, but but mostly I got a bouquet of of fad.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Fad it is. Uh, all right, well, it is 7:09. We started just about right at six, so we almost made an hour. It hasn't quite happened yet, but I think
0: you and I have gotten the
1: closest to 60 minutes. Um, ah! any social hour yet yes thank you to you.
0: thanks to me for not having enough to say no
1: you had plenty to say you know what it is amber is so nice that she kind of lets me go on and on. <laughs> i keep saying will you just shut me up you just interrupt me uh, yeah
0: sarah shut up and tell them about the next social hour
1: <laughs> the next social hour will be next monday at 11 a.m pacific 2 p.m. Eastern. We're going to we're gonna shoot live at the regular time next Monday. And uh, that's that's when we shoot live. And, and a reminder that if you can't watch us live, no big deal. Because like all the other shows on Twit, social hours is new. But we do everything the same way. If you go to twit.tv slash TSH, you can find all of the back episodes of our show. Watch our ar- archives. You can download them right there. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes. However you want to digest the show. We don't care. We just want you to enjoy it. And thanks so much for all the feedback. Thanks to Tom Merritt for filling in for Amber MacArthur today. Tom, always a pleasure. Me too. And I guess everyone can uh, go. What, do you guys do uh, Sword and Laser Live or no?
0: No. Oh. We just uh, we just record so, it audio and post it.
1: So nobody can listen in, but uh, but they can listen to not Sword until and the, Laser. Not
0: until it's posted. Then everyone can listen in.
1: How uh, If you're shooting Sword and Laser in just a few minutes, how long until it goes up?
0: Uh, usually we get it up the next day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it gets up the same evening.
1: Well, swordandlaser.com, that's where you can find out more about what Tom and Veronica Belmont are going to be talking about. Very geeky stuff. Very geeky stuff.
0: Science fiction fantasy book club.
1: All right. Well, that's it for us on The Social Hour. Thanks so much for joining us live or watching us later or anything in between. I'm Sarah Lane, and we'll see you next week.